Welcome to the Four Initiative Podcast. Our prayer for you is that this teaching fills you with the hope of the gospel and helps you follow Jesus today. In Romans eleven thirty six it says, For from him, through him, and for him are all things. It is for his pleasure that we were created, and we find our fulfillment and our purpose in bringing him glory and honor. See, your purpose is found in knowing the one you were created for. We are so glad you're here with us today. Let's jump into today's teaching. This message comes from a conference I was asked to speak at in April of 2022. The timing of my friend Teresa contacting me to speak for this conference could not have come at a more unique time in my own walk with the Lord. When I received her email last fall, I had just spoken at my church down in West Virginia and had some extremely hurtful things said to me to discourage me from ever speaking again. But the following day, I got an email from my life coach, who is from Traverse City, Michigan, asking if he could give my name to Teresa because she had reached out to him asking if he could give her names of people she could contact to speak for this SHARE conference. So my life coach reached out to me at just the time I was starting to doubt that I should be speaking or sharing Jesus anymore in a larger setting. It was almost as if God used Teresa and my life coach to remind me that sharing Jesus was not an option for me to consider, give up on, or even walk away from. It was a command that I am called to obey. So for weeks I was pondering what passage I should talk about at the conference. And of course, it being the SHARE conference, the very familiar passage in Isaiah 6 came to mind when God commissions him because the theme of the conference was all about the Great Commission. But that didn't quite seem like the one. So I waited and continued to look through passages that I've studied and specifically characters that God has pointed out to me in the past year that are significant in my own life. And then it came to me, the character of Mary Magdalene. I don't know why, but I love Mary's story and who she was to Jesus in his ministry. So we're going to be studying the first disciple that Jesus commissioned after his resurrection, and it happened to be a woman. We're going to look at a few different passages today to help understand who Mary is and the significant role she played in the furtherance and sharing of the gospel. To give a little background on Mary, look with me at Luke 8, 1 through 3. It reads, Jesus began going around from one city and village to another, proclaiming and preaching the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Mary, who was called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who were contributing to their support out of their private means. We know from Luke's gospel that Mary was a woman who had struggled for years with seven demons living in her, and Jesus had cured her from these demons. 
The first step for Mary in becoming a disciple of Jesus was to recognize that she needed to be healed from her demons. Mary knew she needed a savior. Ask yourself right now, is there something I need to recognize in my own life? A sin struggle that you've been trying to hide from Jesus because you think you can overcome it on your own? You can't. That is why you need a savior, just like Mary did. Recognize your own need for healing from sin struggles and also for the one true savior, Jesus Christ. Once Mary was healed and looked to Jesus as her savior, from that moment on, she started following Jesus as one of his disciples. When you look in each of the gospels, you will see that discipleship starts with immediate obedience. When Jesus called each of his 12 disciples, they immediately left what they were doing and followed him. And that is exactly what Mary did. Mary's history and background was being known as an outcast in society because of her seven demons. But she didn't let that stop her from following Jesus. And she didn't let being a woman in that culture stop her either. She was faithful and devoted to her Savior. It also says at the end, after she was healed, that she supported Jesus' ministry out of her own finances and resources. And then we don't hear much about Mary again until Jesus' crucifixion. Listen as I read Matthew twenty-seven fifty-five through 61 And many women were there watching from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee while caring for him. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. Now when it was evening, a rich man from Arimathea came named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him, and Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut out in the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the entrance of the tomb and went away. And Mary Magdalene was there, and the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. In my study, I wondered where specifically Jesus' twelve disciples were at his crucifixion. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 56, when Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, it says that all the disciples left him and fled. And then you don't hear or read anything about them in the Gospels at Jesus' crucifixion except for mentioning the disciple whom Jesus loved, which was John, in John nineteen twenty six through 27 when Jesus tells John to care and comfort his mother Mary. John also states in nineteen twenty five that Mary Magdalene was standing by the cross which means Mary was close to the cross and all that happened. You see a dedication and devotion from these women to Jesus until his very last breath on the cross. They were there and present to witness the full death of Jesus on their behalf, to pay the punishment their sin deserved, and they never left his side. 
Though it was painful to witness, imagine how much more meaningful his resurrection was for them because they saw and witnessed the agony of his death. Sometimes the most painful things to witness can turn out to be the most meaningful. The presence of this group at the crucifixion of Jesus was important for the purpose of witnessing the real death of Jesus on the cross. They could testify to the grim reality that Jesus really died, and therefore they could attest to the incredible miracle of the resurrection three days later. Jesus did not entrust the witnessing of his resurrection first to a man, but to a woman, and specifically a woman named Mary Magdalene, and this is the last time you read of her. There are a few passages that I could look at with you, but I want to take you to John's account in his, in his gospel. John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18 and we'll spend the rest of our time here. Verse 1 says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark and saw the stone already removed from the tomb. Pause with me for a moment and recognize again Mary's devotion to Jesus. Scripture says Mary came early on Sunday morning, the first day of the week. She didn't wait till later in the morning to go and check on Jesus' body. She got up early, and we know from other passages like Mark 16 that she came along with some other woman, and they were planning to put spices on Jesus' body. Moving on in verse 2, it says, So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb and we do not know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple left and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first. And he stooped to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there. However, he did not go in. So Simon Peter also came following him, and he entered the tomb, and he looked at the linen wrappings lying there, and the face cloth which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but folded up in a place by itself. So the other disciple who had first come to the tomb also entered then, and he saw and believed for they did not yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. So the disciples went away again to their own homes. We'll pause here and recognize that this other disciple that outran Peter was John. And it says that when John saw the linen wrappings lying there, he believed. Why would John believe right away? Well, I think it's because he stayed and he witnessed Jesus' whole crucifixion and death while Peter and the other disciples were hiding for fear of the Jews. Then it says they both left and went to their homes, but Mary did not. And we'll continue on in verse 11. It reads, But Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping. So as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. 
And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet where the body of Jesus had been lying. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they put him. Here you find Mary again, not wanting to leave Jesus. She is such a dedicated and devoted follower of him. Mary starts to weep, just wanting to give Jesus, her Messiah, a proper burial. And verse 13 showed that Mary had truly made Jesus Lord in her life. Note at this point, it does not indicate that Mary believed Jesus had risen, but instead that his body may have been stolen or moved. Moving on in verse 14. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, and yet she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Thinking that he was the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you put him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Verse 16 gives me goosebumps every time I read it. Because all Jesus had to say was Mary's name, and she knew it was him. She knew the voice of her Messiah. Here is a great time to tell you what the name Mary means. The name Mary means beloved. So in saying her name, Jesus reminded her of his great love for her. It was as if Jesus was saying, Mary, you are mine. I bought you with my precious blood because I love you. Jesus spoke Mary's name to show her he knew her personally, all her fears and all her joys. If you are listening and are a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you today Jesus knows your name too. And not only that, Jesus knows all your fears and all your joys. Mary's response is that of a devoted disciple, and it was one word in the Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Mary knew who Jesus was, and she knew her place as his disciple. I cannot even begin to imagine what it would have been like to be Mary in that moment, alone with Jesus, especially in a culture where women were looked down upon, viewed as more second class or as objects in that culture. So what a sweet, special, memorable moment that only the disciple John recorded. It shows that John really valued Mary as a fellow disciple. He is the only one who records this whole scene. 
Maybe it was because John was the only one out of the 12 disciples that didn't go into hiding and he saw the devotion of Mary to Jesus through the whole crucifixion. It doesn't really matter why. I'm just thankful that John recorded this event and exactly what took place. The last two verses, 17 through 18. Jesus said to her, Stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. So we find Mary clinging to Jesus, it says in verse 17. Her Rabboni, but even more importantly, her Messiah, had risen from the dead. And Jesus tells her to let go, but then he gives her a very important job. And here you find the very first disciple commissioned after Jesus' resurrection. Jesus told Mary to go and share the good news that he had risen with his 12 disciples. Did Mary hesitate? Because she could have felt insecure and not confident being a woman in that culture. But she didn't let that stop her. She was completely obedient to Jesus' command. If Jesus entrusted her with his great news, then she would trust him and be obedient to share with the disciples, a group of men, what Jesus instructed her to. Now, I want to note that sometimes we can get caught up in clinging to Jesus and spending all of our time with him, but not necessarily living out his command and commission to go and make disciples. Don't get me wrong, the most important part of discipleship is to spend time first with Jesus daily, but don't let it stop there. You must take what you have learned and share it with others. We must obey the command to go. Mary did both. She spent much time with Jesus, learning from him, and because of it, it enabled her to then go and share what she had learned with others. In the Gospels of Mark and Luke, it tells that when Mary came to tell the disciples Jesus had risen, they didn't believe it. Interesting that Jesus would commission and send a woman to a group of men. Mark sixteen fourteen reads, Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating, and he rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Now, this is a bit of a side note, but I think it's important to say, if you are a woman listening today, I want to encourage you, don't shy away from sharing the gospel even with men God puts in your paths, just because of the simple fact that you are a woman. Sisters, can I encourage you, don't stop yourself from sharing the gospel with all people, including men. 
And that may mean stepping out of your comfort zone, but it is worth overcoming your fear and insecurity if it means helping to save one man from eternity in hell. I recently had a brother in Christ tell me that a passage he heard me teach on in regards to sin, he would not have listened to if another man had been teaching it to him because he said he would have tuned the man out because he needed to hear it taught from a sister in Christ. The Great Commission was to go and make disciples of all nations. Why did Jesus choose a woman to be the first disciple commissioned? I believe because the women were the first to find the empty tomb, the truth and reliability of the resurrection are strengthened. It was God's will for women to be the first ones at the tomb. Women's testimonies in court were not seen as legitimate during the New Testament times. This aspect of first century culture validates Jesus' resurrection because if the writers of the Gospels had invented the story of the resurrection, as many skeptics claim, they would not have chosen women to be the first ones to the tomb. Think back with me to who Mary was before meeting Jesus. Mary was broken, held captive to her demons carrying a heavy burden on her own. Maybe that's some of you today and you think God could never use you because of that. The first thing Mary had to do was come to Jesus in the middle of all her burdens, her demons, and her brokenness. Before Mary could ever be a devoted disciple of Jesus, she had to surrender everything in her life to him. Are you willing to surrender everything in your life to Jesus? Even the struggles that you're embarrassed to admit and trying to overcome on your own? Jesus wants to free you from all your burdens, addictions, brokenness, and pain. He's just waiting for you to surrender and give it all to him. A couple other things I want you to notice about Mary. Mary allowed herself to feel her emotions deeply when it came to Jesus. She let herself be real, raw, and emotional. You know, I don't think you can effectively share the good news of Jesus until you allow yourself to feel deeply what God has done for you. As a young girl, I remember one good Friday reading the story of the crucifixion during family devotions around the kitchen table. And as, what, as we read what Jesus did in dying on the cross to pay for my sin, I was overwhelmed and I began to cry quietly, though I couldn't really hide it well with all my siblings around the table. <laughs> But I was embarrassed for them to see how deeply I allowed myself to feel. But there was one person who saw me, and they noticed. It was my mom. And she looked me in the eyes and told me how beautiful my tears were, and that I should feel deeply. It was good that I understand all Jesus did for me. 
You know, emotions can sometimes be viewed as a negative thing. Yet I believe you won't be able to effectively share Jesus until you allow yourself to deeply understand all that he did for you. Because when you see God in all of his holiness and you see yourself in your sinfulness, you can't help but be overwhelmed. Can I ask you, do you understand all that Jesus did for you? He loved you enough to leave his perfect home in heaven and come down to this sinful earth to take the punishment that you and I deserve for our sin. You may think you're a pretty good person, but scripture says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That literally means you miss the mark of being good enough to get to heaven on your own. And because of that, Romans 6.23 tells that your sin deserves death. It reads, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The beginning of that verse sounds like you have no hope. But then God intervened in his grace, his mercy, and love and gave you the free gift of eternal life through his son Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. The only thing that is left is for you to receive his gift and take it for yourself. Have you done that? Romans 1.12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. If you have not made that decision yet, I urge you to do it today. Confess your sin and admit to Jesus that you need him to save you. Bring all your baggage, all your burdens, addictions, maybe even demons to Jesus and believe in him alone to save you. Believe that he died and rose again to bring you eternal life. When you receive what Jesus did for you, it compels you to share him with others. I want to ask those of you who are followers of Jesus this question. Are you available for Jesus to use? Are you available for Jesus to use? Only you can answer that question. Don't just say you love Jesus. Show him by your obedience. It's just like when you ask your kids to do something and they say they will, but then they walk away and don't do it. It means nothing to say the words and then not obey and be available to share his good news. Jesus' appearance first to Mary shows that he also valued women and considered them worth receiving the Great Commission. In my study on the life of Mary, I made a list of 25 things that stood out to me as the first disciple commissioned. Number one, Mary didn't let her history or background stop her from following Jesus. Mary didn't let being a woman in that culture stop her. 
Mary was delivered from seven demons by Jesus. Mary lived in the freedom given to her by Jesus. Mary was faithful and devoted to Jesus. Mary supported Jesus out of her own resources. Mary followed Jesus. Mary served Jesus. Mary was present at Jesus' crucifixion, fully letting herself experience all Jesus saved her from. Mary was committed to Jesus. Mary had great faith, specifically when going to the tomb. How was she going to roll away the stone? Mary was loyal to Jesus. Mary was active in her mourning. She let herself feel deeply and was real and emotional. Mary knew who she was in relation to Jesus when she referred to him as my Lord. Jesus had full control over Mary's life. Mary knew the voice of Jesus because of how much time she spent with him. Mary was a student, a disciple, a learner of Jesus, and it shows in her response when she calls him Rabboni. Mary didn't fear what others would think of her. Mary was dedicated to Jesus. Mary received the first commission after Jesus' resurrection. Mary was humble yet confident. Mary knew she was valued and treasured by Jesus. Mary was loved by Jesus. Mary was a witness to Jesus' work. Mary trusted Jesus. And number 25, Mary made herself available to Jesus even after his death and resurrection to share his good news. She never left his side and spent as much time with Jesus as she could. Friends, we have been entrusted with the greatest news ever, and this news will forever and always be the greatest news out there. We must keep sharing Jesus and his gospel. 1 Thessalonians 2.4 reminds us, But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please men, but to please God who tests our hearts. Will you make yourself available to Jesus and to sharing his good news of salvation with others? Maybe Jesus is asking, are you available to go next door to your neighbor and share me and my gospel with them? Maybe he's asking, are you available to pray with that person you see grieving, maybe at home, in the grocery store, even through Facebook posts? Are you available if he asks you to share his gospel with your coworker? Are you available to serve your spouse when you don't feel like it? Are you available and willing to share Jesus with your children and grandchildren? Are you available and willing to serve Jesus' church? And this last one is a little scary for some of us. Are you available if Jesus asks you to uproot your life and move to a different city, state, or country to share his gospel with the people there? You know, I had to re-ask myself that question last fall 
Am I available when I got discouraged and wanted to hide and stop sharing Jesus so boldly? But then he used a brother and sister in Christ from all the way up in Traverse City, Michigan, who knew nothing of the discouragement that I had received to remind me that the Great Commission is not an option to consider. It is a command to obey. And so I am here today sharing with you out of obedience to what God entrusted and called me to. What is he asking of you? Do you trust him? And are you willing to go? These questions probe deeply and they can be hard to answer. Take a minute and ask God to reveal to you who he wants you to share his good news with. Write down the name or names of those people on a paper and put it in a place where it will remind you to be available to share Jesus with them. There is a song called Available and it has simple yet powerful lyrics that challenge me every time I listen to it. The lyrics go, Narrow as the road may seem, I'll follow where your spirit leads. Broken as my life may be, I will give you every piece. I hear you call, I am available. I say yes, Lord, I am available. Here I am with open hands, counting on your grace again. Less of me and more of you, I just want to see you move. Here I am, here I am, you can have it all. You can have it all. For the one who gave me life, nothing is a sacrifice. Use me how you want to, God. Have your throne within my heart. This song seems to sum up who Mary was. Mary had a broken life and she gave it all to Jesus. She was available and responded with a yes when Jesus commissioned her. You can see from her life that it was not all about her, but it was all about her Savior. Less of her, more of Jesus. Mary was okay with serving in the background And because of that, Jesus entrusted her with the news of his resurrection. Mary knew Jesus was the one who gave her life, and so nothing done for him was a sacrifice. Jesus was her Savior and her Sender. Romans 10, 14-15 say, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Will you be available to share the good news of Jesus? Let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you for the gift of our salvation. As we have received that gift 
Now we want to be available for you to use and share it with others. Use us, Lord, to share your good news of salvation in our homes, our marriages, to our children, in our workplace, at the grocery store, in our churches, to our neighbors. Jesus, would you help us to be obedient to your great commission and go into all the world to preach your gospel and make disciples for your glory. Stretch us out of our comfort zones and help us to trust you as you have entrusted us with your gospel. And Lord, because you have given us life, nothing is a sacrifice for you. Would you have your throne within our hearts and help us to live fully surrendered to you? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for today's teaching. The Four Initiative exists to help you follow Jesus and find purpose. They support the church by providing gospel-centered resources that take you deeper in your relationship with God and with others. So for more resources and teaching, visit us at www.forinitiative.com and consider subscribing so you don't miss our next episode. Thanks for being with us. See you next time.